everyone. It's the WMT Podcast. Back at it again. My guest today is a photographer. His name is Trey Cole. Uh, we're going to get right to it, but just to warn you, we had a little accident in the studio. Apparently, we didn't install these lights properly, and uh, one of them fell right on me, and I thought I was going to die. And uh, But we didn't. No one's dead. But uh, I think we're just going to leave it in. So you're going to hear it probably in the episode. Don't be alarmed. Everyone's okay. No one died. But, uh, but uh, without further ado, please welcome our friend Trey Cole to the podcast. Trey, what's going on, dude? Not much, man. Beautiful day. It really is, man. Holy shit, right? Like, I, <laughs> like uh, we actually, when I let my dogs out this morning, uh, like, damn, it's cold. Like, uh, I think like low 50s. Right? I like it there, man. Yeah, you know, it's a nice change to go from balls oh. hot <laughs> to finally something you can enjoy and the reason why we live here, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. So it <clears throat> definitely enjoyed that the uh, first thing of the day, man. And also, dude, today I had my first chiropractor appointment. You ever been to a chiropractor? I have. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a doozy, man. It's kind of yeah. scary on your first try, yeah. but <laughs> once you get used to that actual like you're breaking my back, but not, mm-hmm. um, they change your whole world. Yeah. Um, God, I had I um, what was it? I, I messed up my lower back in high school when I was powerlifting, and to the point where I couldn't really walk. And, um, went and finally saw this chiropractor after three months, I was back to normal, but it took three months to finally get adjusted and get it proper. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. This dude was like, can you come in again in two days? And I was like, damn, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I messed up. But dude, I w- like, I woke up yesterday morning and I couldn't even move my neck. Wow. Like, I, I had super limited range, but like I hurt myself like two months ago. Uh, I started like taking jujitsu classes and shit cool. and had no idea what I was doing and just hopped in. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and then they were like, they were, we were doing these like back, like these back rolls and stuff where yeah. you dude, the first, the, dude, the first thing, two minutes into the class, first thing I did this roll and uh, rolled back on my neck and it, it immediately fucked it up. And then wow. we did, uh, after that we started doing choke holds. So after that I let some dude choke me like 20 times <laughs> and like I got out of there and, and Travis, my friend Travis went with me. And he was like, he was like, what'd you think, man? I was like, I need to get home. Like, I need to get home right, right now. So like, I like started putting ice on it and stuff. And I couldn't move for like four days, dude. Like, I really, I couldn't Damn. even look at a computer and like do work. And uh, that subsided, but then it just came back out of nowhere, man. Wow. I was like, I gotta go see this dude. But like, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. But he did a couple things to me today, and I can move my neck. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, and I you'll start noticing yeah. more and more of it the more you go. Yeah. Um, it's funny you bring that up, though, because uh, my roommate, Sean, he's, like, religious about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. He goes, um, gosh, every every day that he can, he goes into Fort Walton and trains. Like Capital? He does, okay. yeah. Um, he uh, actually just got his, I think, his first stripe on his blue belt. Yeah. Um, but Is he, he the one that, um, just, is he, go to the, does he want to see the gym with you all the time? Yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super thin, but, like, cut up and right? shit. Yeah, curly hair, yeah. just, like. Yeah, you, you can't figure him out. It's like, is this guy going to kill me, or is he yeah. strong, or what is he? But does he, he want to? Does he want to give lessons? I'm sure he can't. Yeah, we have mats at the house. We have Do people you? over all the time, and that's where I'll pay him, man. it's funny. I you messed get up. Your shit fixed yeah, first, right. Well, I know. <laughs> I can, like I can't even lift right now. I'm supposed to run this 5K, but uh, okay. But anyway, you were telling me he's a striping goes over to yeah, uh, and so we actually have people over the house all the time to do this. And our first round we did was outside, and they rolled with gi. 
And I showed up from a fishing trip and I'm wasted. And he's like, Trey, you want you want to roll? I'm like, yeah, you know, why not? And so uh, our friend Eli was over there and he's a white belt, but he's been, he's been really training a lot. He's mm-hmm. extremely knowledgeable and all. And so I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I hop down there. I don't have any shoes on and it's concrete outside and I'm scraping my feet on the concrete, like bleeding Cause I'm so drunk, I don't even realize it's going. On concrete? Well, no, no, we have the pads down, but okay. once you get over the pad, okay, you know, yeah, there's yeah, concrete yeah. there yeah. on the um, <laughs> on the driveway. And so I, I didn't know anything about jujitsu. I'm like, I got like 30 pounds on this dude. I'm just gonna pin him down and try and choke <laughs> him out, just so that I can say I won. And uh, so finally, we ended up just squashing it after I think we rolled for seven minutes. And then I looked down at my feet, and I'm like, oh my. Yeah. I'm fucked. Yeah. So now I got scars all over my feet because I was bleeding everywhere. Mm. And I'm like, all right, I think I'm good on jujitsu for a little bit. But yeah. who did it, you roll with? Were you rolling with Oh, uh, his name is Eli. Or? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, man, if you, dude, if you roll with someone who, who like, I, I'd assume even your roommate who's a, who's a blue belt, probably within about three seconds, you, you'll have no idea what just happened to you. Right. And you're going to be screaming. God, like, you're going to be screaming yeah. or tapping. It's crazy. <clears throat> um, like, when I watch, we film it a lot of times, too, and when I see some of these guys come over that uh, are borderline purple belts, and they're literally just hopping around on these guys while they got them pinned down on the ground just to figure out what they want to do to them. It's mm-hmm. not like, I can get this right now. It's, you know, no, I'm going to try and get them in some crazy arm bar or you know, they're just practicing, which yeah. makes it so cool and entertaining to watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I was putting I was putting a move. I was serving tables at Mellow Mushroom, and uh, my friend Corey Miro, who's he actually has a couple restaurants up in Indiana right now. I didn't know that he had any sort of knowledge at all about wow. that stuff. And like he came out, he put like he put his finger up my butt. You know, how, like people do in <laughs> restaurants all the time. Yeah. Like right while I was talking to a table, like he walked by and like goosed me goosed real you. quick. Oh man. Yeah, and I walked up to him and like I I, I went to go push him. And like be like you bitch or whatever, and dude, within a second, not even a second, Just a half a second, I didn't gotcha. even know what happened. I was on the ground screaming, like like begging him to stop, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit! And then he did it to. Uh, do you know Cole Norton? Yeah, he did yeah, it to Cole. Yeah, he did it to Cole man, Norton too. And like Cole got Cole was furious, man. He got up and he's like. I'm not a bitch to be fucked with. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, dude, he kind of just made you one. Like, oh, they, like I was man enough to admit, like, what just happened? I don't even know what you just did to me. But uh, that's what I want to learn, man. I want to learn right? how to do that. And it's great about it is that people have no idea. And yeah. so if you ever find yourself in a situation where mm-hmm. you really need to protect yourself, yeah. it's like, I'm yeah. going to pull this out of the woodworks and get you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it, because there's really no way. I mean, really, jujitsu, you can't look at someone. Yeah. And you, I mean, you can look at someone and try to size them up, but you think that's about to be a street fight. And if that's all you know, if you're completely untrained, dude, there's no telling. There's, yeah, if you're within 30 to 40 pounds of that person, you're done. If you have zero <laughs> training in it, man, like it's really, then that's why. But anyway, man, I'm excited to get back to it. I'd love to, I'd, like, I'll pay your roommate. You don't need like, to do that. Just come on by. Yeah. You know, we'll because I want, like, <laughs> well, the thing is, taking these classes, man, I don't, I hate not knowing what I'm doing, at least a little bit. So I was in there just, I don't know how to fucking roll. I don't know how to do any right. of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these other people didn't, but I at least want to be able to know enough to go to these classes and, exactly. and get some, uh, you know, get some productivity out of them. Get some cool. learning out of them. Stuff. Absolutely. So I didn't know you rolled, though, too, man. I, dude, that's the one and only time. I yeah. got to get back to it because it's fun to do. And like you said, you learn a lot, but mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. I got to get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I'll do it. Shit. Right? Yeah, man. Give me like a... 
give me like a month to figure out what's wrong with me. And, uh, there we go. Then just start uh, up from there. Yeah, Perfect the, time in the winter. The you know? signs up, yeah, once the doc signs off, man, we'll, we'll hop on it. Cool. But uh, but anyway, man, let's let's get into a little bit about what you're doing, man. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, what you do, and, and uh, how All you right. do it, dude. Uh, well, I'm actually born and raised here in Destin, Florida, and um, now on my fifth career and <laughs> decided to go full-fledged with photography. Mm-hmm. Um which is kind of a crazy way of how it all got started from, you know, just shooting for fun as a kid. Once I learned some lessons on how to do it all and then actually shooting film and then um, things just led from one to another, to another, to another, to now doing photography full time for the last three and a half years. So it's, it's been a journey, but Mm -hmm. it's been a fun journey at that. So um, I do specialize in only doing real estate, architecture, commercial work. God damn it. Whoa. <laughs> that doesn't happen every day. Uh, the lights you just fell down uh, from up above. You think that wow. glue melted it? I don't know, dude. That was fucking great. Well, if it wasn't what the there. fuck? Dude, are you okay? That light bulb busted. Yeah, it busted right on me. Hey, pause the podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> If I, I don't know, I'm not really sure what all was said before, um, before we went, we went silent on you all. But anyway, uh, in my studio, there's, uh, these, uh, Christmas lights, but, uh, not Christmas lights, but like the garden lights, big, big colored lights. Let me get this mic back in front of me. There we go. There's big colored lights and anything because we want to make, we want to make our listeners comfortable i hope you were comfortable oh yeah man it was nice (laughs) Uh, but anyway there's uh i came i came into i came into my office about three days ago and one fell uh one of the strains fell off the ceiling and smashed a light right next to my computer and the microphones and everything so i decided to put gorilla glue on the attachments that hold the lights and unfortunately i think it melted one of the stickers <laughs> but i did gorilla glue other ones so it's kind of like right? roulette now but anyway the the light fell and busted right on my microphone and uh, all over me but no uh, everyone's alive and healthy yeah. and good to go and we're back <laughs> i don't even remember where we were though man uh, uh, i think you would i had started telling what kind of photography i do yeah. and um right back at it then right, right? <laughs> So uh, I do specialize in real estate, architecture, um, commercial work, and I do events. Um, speaking of, you'd asked me earlier, we do have some events coming up for the um, Destin Charity Wine Auction Foundation. They have uh, Seeing Red again, and then they have a new one this year that's the Harvest uh, Wine Festival, which is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. It's in watercolor instead of in the and seaside normally. So, um, but what what led me into doing just that style of photography? Um, people used to always ask me to do their weddings and family portraits. And I was like, no, God, there's so much money in that. <laughs> I know there is, man. It's crazy. I, I used to make great money doing it, but yeah. when you're doing other photography as your main, like main nut, like real estate's my main thing. I do that every day almost. And yeah. when you shoot like close to 3000 pictures in a day, and then you have to edit and compress that down to, you know, like 600 photos and then make them all look good. Especially if they're beach weddings where you got, a dude in a speedo walking around in the background or, you know, something crazy. You have to Photoshop all that out. And the man hours that goes into it, it's just way too overwhelming to make your real estate clients happy that want a two day turnaround. So I was like, I'm I'm not going to do, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and I just feel like uh, when you're dealing with weddings, it's it's a much different. It's a like you said, it's a di- totally different type of client. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So the whole bridezilla thing, which yeah. it doesn't happen too often. It's just you run into a lot of the issues of the wedding planner trying to work against you when it's like, look, I have this much light. They paid me a lot of money to get these photos. They're going to be on their mantle for the rest of their life. Mm. Let me do my stuff. Like yeah. you know, just step back for a minute. We'll get to the cutting the cake here in a minute. But yeah. Um, that's where I've been at for the last three and a half years, man. And I'm loving it. Yeah. So. No, I know you said, uh, you mentioned that you, this was your, uh, your fourth or fifth career Fifth career. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about how you got here, man. Let's okay. talk about some of the other things you did. Okay. Uh, well, it all started, uh, with high school and uh-huh. I was like, I'm not into any of this. Like yeah. I have a different way of learning. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit down and try and you know, fill out a test that I can barely even read because I do have dyslexia, which Mm -hmm. has been a hurdle my entire life. Um, So I decided I wanted to work on cars. And so I went to a car school down in Orlando called Universal Technical Institute. UTI? Yeah, dude. (laughs) I have to say it that way. (laughs) Because everybody's like, dude, you got a UTI. It's like, no. Dude, the first time I saw that commercial, I I was like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> are you kidding me? You even, not only are you called Universal Te- Technical Institute, but you actually call yourself UTI on the commercial. Right. <laughs> I guess branding is branding, man. God, dude. Uh, but anyway, so you got your... Uh, yeah, so I got my degree yeah. in that. Um, it's it's a fast track program, so you're literally there for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. and you're going to school five days a week for seven hours a day. Like, your exams are every three weeks. So I got all that done, and then I came back to to up here in the panhandle because I was down in Orlando and I went and applied at the biggest car dealership in our area, which was then quality imports Mm -hmm. and went to Toyota. I was like, dude, I've got to be able to get a job here. And they're like, all right, yeah, we'll start you off at the the lube tech side at $8 an hour. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I just spent like close to 30 grand on this school and I have all these like certifications and you're going to put me in a lube tech. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go over front to sales. And so I went up front and applied to be a car salesman. Yeah. You know, at like 18, 19 years old, I think it was. And I was the youngest car salesman they ever hired. And, um, I slung cars for like a year and a half and made stupid money. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the economy crashed. <laughs> that was yeah. right around 2007, 2008. And, uh, then I was like, well, what am I going to do? You know, I just bought a Mercedes. I just bought a house. Like how does, how does that work? I've always wondered how, how getting paid as a car dealer works. Dude. Okay. Like, is there a base price to where your dealership says, this is what we need for the car. We cannot go under this price. Yeah. Anything you get above that, we split, you get a percentage. Essentially. Of? Yeah. You do like, get a percentage. Each like, dealership has their own pricing plan uh-huh. on how they compensate you. So, um, Ideally, you want to sell more than 10 cars in a month if it's on the new side. All the money's in the used cars. Yeah. That's where you make so much money. Yeah. But on new cars, so if you just sell 10 cars in one month, you only get 20% of the actual profit on that vehicle paid to me, like as the yeah. salesman. Um, is there a base salary? There, There is, but you have to pay it back in your sales. So okay, so month, you get a certain amount, but then if you go over that amount, that's when your commission kicks Yeah, in. you start getting yeah. more. Um, okay. You still always have to pay back the dealership. Mm. Um, once you, or let me let me backtrack here. If you sell five cars a week, then you get an additional bonus on each one of those. If you then get over the 10, your percentage goes up to 25. Once you get to 15 and above, it goes to 30, then 35, each five-car increment. Okay. So if you sell like 30 cars in a month, dude, you're making bank money. 
Um, yeah, I bet. Like what, like, what are you talking about? Like, like how much? Like, I could have made fifteen grand to twenty grand in a month, depending on how many cars I would sell. Yeah. So on a new car, what's your average? Like, if you had to just do an average, like on a new car, would you make about a thousand dollars a car you sell? Well, it, it depends on the sticker price. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm only selling like a Camry that's twenty grand, yeah. dude, I've only got like an eight hundred, a thousand dollar markup in it. Yeah. But if I'm selling like a Land Cruiser that's fifty five thousand, then there could be a five thousand mm-hmm. dollar markup in mm-hmm. it. Um, but still it, it all varies. And then you only get the percentage out of that. Yeah. So, um, let me think here. Then there was also spinoffs from Toyota. So if you sold certain cars that were on the spins, then they would send you a check and that could vary anywhere from $50 to $500. Mm. And then you have the trade in. So when you trade in your car, they're going to value it, but they're going to lowball you like crazy. Like you're going yeah. to a pawn shop trying to sell yep. something. And so then there's the markup in it. So there's two sides of where you're making your money. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of how the compensation works at a majority of dealerships, but yeah. they're all different. So how do you keep, I don't want to get too far into this, but I'm, sure. I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm just curious. How do you keep uh, tabs knowing exactly what you're owed? That's got, cause that's gotta be tricky. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, there's a lot I of figured, math involved. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figure like you'd spend an hour on each, after each sale, you'd have to like, keep a log so you know that they aren't screwing you on the back end too, right? Or True. you just trust that. I mean, you did have some that great that money's coming through. Yeah, there's some great accounting departments yeah. and like I dealt exclusively with three girls that were like my accountants mm-hmm. at Quality that that's all they did was paperwork for the dealership. Yeah. Um and then you also have the finance guys that are different that they get the job done and then they also make their money. So if I sold certain products before they got into there, then I was making even more. So I always you have to because people are shady as fuck in the car business, dude. Sure. Like, guys are doing blow in the bathroom, and then, yeah. like, another dude's out back smoking a joint, which nothing wrong with that. But yeah. you have to cover all ends to make sure that you're actually getting paid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you do have to back check and backlog on all of it, but you're there every day of the month. Like, even if you yeah. get a day off, if you're not at your quota, you might not you're have a job yeah. when you come back. Like, yeah, so dude, one of my least favorite people in the world is a used car salesman. So yeah, yeah, I yeah, can agree with you on that. And he's as, he's as used car salesman as it gets. Yeah. Like you, if you didn't know him and you talked to him for 30 oh, seconds, you you'd be like, motherfucker, you sell used cars. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's true though. Then yeah. it's, it's a hundred percent on that. Cause you can tell. And, there were even guys that they were the pros, per se, at just being a used car salesman. Yeah. Um, and then you had the new car salesman, and they're completely different people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're actually there to help people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the that's a small smidget of the car business. <laughs> yeah. When you So when you go and talk to the guy, like when, like when you set the price in front of someone, they're like, no, dude, not even close. Uh, and then you're like, you have to go talk to the sales manager and stuff. Like, what is that conversation like? I literally would not even get up to go talk to to the manager. I'm like, look, let me break this out for you real quick. And I would get out a pen and paper and I would start showing them things because it doesn't just come down to the price of the car. Mm -hmm. If you're going to finance it, it comes down to what the bank will actually finance. A lot of people mess up on that. Like if you're looking at a car that's five or six years old, the banks are sitting there going, I'm not going to give you a 72-month term or even a 60-month term. They want to shorten it because they want to make sure that they're going to get their money out of it in the long run if that car breaks down, if you get into a wreck, or mm-hmm. you just say, fuck you, I'm not going to pay you. You yeah. can come and repo it. They want to make sure that they can cover themselves. Yeah. So that's what a lot of times I had to educate a customer on was 
that it's not just the price of the car. It's a bank will only potentially loan up to a hundred percent of the true value of that car. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure you've heard of NADA and Kelly blue book and all that. Oh yeah. There's actually one called the black book that only dealers have access to. And it goes strictly off of auction reports and they get those at real time. So every week there's going to be an auction going on all around the country and even regionally and everything. So they're looking at all those numbers to find out a true value of what a similar car that you just traded in or that you're trying to buy is valued at. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the banks also go off of. Yeah. So whenever you go into a car lot and you're like, I want $5,000 off, they're like, where'd you come up with that number? <laughs> so then it's an educational process. And yeah. that's how you truly either help people or screw people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um Cause I'll be real with you. One, I remember one deal in particular, and the only way it was able to get done is the guy had a co-signer. It was his grandfather. He had like an eight thirty credit score. Mm-hmm. Like, dude was perfect. Um, I made on a commissional gross um, thirteen thousand dollars on one car deal. It was the biggest I've ever done ever. Yeah. But it was all because the dude had an 830 credit score. Mm-hmm. You know, the bank is like, we'll loan you anything. We want you to use our money. Yeah, here's as much you want at a super low rate. Exactly. Take it. And so yeah. I was like, cha-ching yeah. in yeah, the you, background. Yeah. yeah, super score on that. But that's back also, too, when banks didn't care. That was mm-hmm. before the economy crashed. Now everything goes through an evaluated process in the computer systems, and you don't even really get to talk to a banker anymore. Yeah. Where we were calling them up and like, dude, get this deal done for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, I got to get this. And it was so exciting back then, but now it's just literally plugging into a computer and seeing if it says yes or no. Yeah. Yeah, man. When I went doing, I bought my frontier, I bought a, a, a 2016 frontier and, um, immediately like once they started running my stuff like i've i've been working on my credit score since i knew how to so sure. like I'm, I'm doing pretty i'm doing pretty well with it and like they were like yeah dude you can finance through whoever you want to i was like i don't give a shit who the bank is just whichever one will give you the lowest rate right. about that and then like they dude, they threw like three thousand dollars just off the sticker immediately there must have been some sort of rebate going on or whatever yeah but it was also emerson's uh family and i called emerson before i went there and i was like nice. look dude i don't have time i was like can you just call these guys and tell them not to fuck with me before i go in there right like just give me who you want me to sell yeah. like i'm buying a car from you like yeah. let's just get it done dude yeah like this is my credit score this is everything like just sell me this car dude yeah and so i went there and he was like it was really cool. Like the salesman was like, "What color do you want?" I was like, "I want that one." He's like, "All right, cool." Well, the thing is, man, Nissans—they're they're known to run forever, dude. Yeah. This fucker broke down on me at eighteen hundred miles. What? At <laughs> two in the morning, coming back from Gulf Shores, Alabama. Wow. At two a.m. Luckily, it broke down on me right before, like within a mile of the dealership. So but hmm. when I say broke down, the whole machine shut off. Like no power steering. No, no power brakes, no anything. Like I was literally like manhandling that thing to get it off the road. So I gave it like two or three minutes, started it, pulled it back up. They said they fixed it, dude. A thousand miles later, it happened again at like six a.m. on Sunday morning. Wow. Yeah. So, so I went to the car dealership and I was like, hey, um, I don't feel comfortable driving this vehicle. We need to figure something else out. Yeah. Um, and they were like, well, the Lemon Law says it has to happen three times. I said. Mother- it does. Yeah. 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 I said, motherfucker, I don't care what the lemon law says. Yeah. I said, this has happened to me twice at really inopportune times. I said, if the power steering goes and my wife is driving this vehicle, it's not going to end well for her. She's right. not going to know she what to, be able to do. Drive it. Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to know what to do. Luckily, I understand a little bit about how these machines work yeah. and was able to manipulate it to get it to a safe place when all this happened. 
Um, so they basically ended up just giving, like, just trading me out, putting a new, put me in a new one, nice. same rate, same everything and shit. But like cool. at first, like at first they brought me back, like it was this dude, and uh, he brought me back a sticker. Uh, the, the, the new finance paperwork was financing the same truck I had for $5,000 more than I financed it for the first time. And he was like, are we good? And like, put his hand on. I was like, I was like, who are you? And who do you think I am? Yeah. Like, no dude, we're not good. I was like, where's your, where's your fucking manager, dude? Just send him over here. Right. And sure enough, man, like that, like the head financing manager came over here and he was like, Oh, I remember you from last time, man. That was a really easy deal. I was like, yeah, well this one isn't man. So let's, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, man, we could talk about cars forever. Man. Right. It's just, I just, it's interesting to me how that whole system works, man. Just cause if you aren't in it and don't know how it's working, like, yeah, you know, and you always think they're trying to fuck you too, man. You well, it's, that mentality is already there. It's kind of like, you know, the shadiest people in the world are going to be a used car salesman, yeah. a lawyer. And, you know, it's yeah. just that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. You but you have your good ones. Gonna, yeah. But you have your good ones, you too, do. man. That really yeah. sucks. That really sucks for people, man. So. So anyway, after car dealing, man, what are you doing next? Um, well, there was some in-between stuff like working at Winn-Dixie and like, you know, all that. But then I actually got into the medical field and became a sales consultant for a weight loss business. And uh, that was based out of Pensacola. So I was having to commute an hour and a half there, hour and a half home every day. But it was an amazing gig. Like we had seven internal medicine doctors that we were working with uh, that was referring morbidly obese patients to us to help them lose like hundreds of pounds. Mm -hmm. And um, it was extremely rewarding because you saw people get off their blood pressure or their uh, yeah blood pressure medication. You see them getting like no longer diabetic. It's yeah. just like, holy cow, you just changed you one's see people actually life. reverse diabetes. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that was going great until the hospital's like, well, we need to raise your rent. And then the doctors were like, we want more money. So we're like, God, I got to go down this road again. Like, mm-hmm. So then we decided to pull out of the hospital and we made it um, out of our house. And we were shipping all the supplies to our, uh, it was around the time, like 120 patients. And then we would do teleconferences where we were actually helping them on the phone rather than just coming into a classroom and learning. Yeah. So that worked for a while. And then the owner of the company was like, all right, we're closing up shop. I'm retiring. I've done this for 26 years. I was like, here I go again. Mm, okay. nothing, and and you're, you, that, you were probably an independent contractor too, right? Yeah. So, so I was there's done. no severance. There's no nothing. Nothing. Later, just done. Later, homie, high five. Yep. Thanks, so, for, thanks for making me a bunch of right? cash like I retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so then after that, I was like, well, I guess let's go back to the service industry. Yeah. So I went back to a uh, good old Marlin grill in Baytown. Okay. Um, I had, that was my very first job. I started working there when I was like 14, 15 years old. And, um, luckily Chris Blumenthal welcomed me with open arms and was like, let's do this. So I was there for a couple of years and real with me and sales, dude, I was slinging stuff, dude. Yeah. And they had over 600 different bottles of wine. They had features every night that were like steak with lump crab meat and lobster yeah. tails. And well, stuff. and if you, if someone goes to Marlin grill, they aren't ordering the chicken breast, dude. Yeah. They're, you know, they're getting to it. Yeah. They're, they're there. Most of, I'd say probably like 40% of the people are there for a special occasion. Right. right? Yeah. Like yeah. A birthday or an anniversary. Or exactly. Something. Like they're there. They know they're going to spend or, cash or people who are used to spending that kind of dough on meals. Exactly. You know? Or on vacation and they're just got a wad of cash in their pocket. Yeah. Cause that's back when Baytown used to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> you look at it now, everybody's pulling out even the, the nightclub dude, John Williams yeah. villains doors is even moving yep. up. Acme's out. Yeah. Um, out. Yeah. It's, it's literally yeah. just the, the dueling piano bar, Fat Tuesdays, uh, that little burger joint, Hardtails, mm-hmm. and uh, Marlon Grill. That, like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a couple years, 
and then uh, I got offered a job uh, to do property management. And I was like, what? I was like, I know my dad's been in real estate my entire life. And like, I know a fair amount about real estate, but you want me to go manage houses? And like, I didn't really know much about it at the time, but I was like, I'll give it a shot. So I went and helped start a business that's called now Friend Just to Beach Properties. And uh, they had zero properties when I joined there. And then within about a year and a half, we had obtained, I think it was 32 properties that were all million dollar plus homes. Like we wanted to be that exclusive high market. For sure. And uh, so learning that whole curve of putting together projections and actually executing it and getting them 59% occupancy for the year to, you know, cover the cost of what all the owners wanted and to make them money, that was kind of a hurdle. And uh, that's kind of whenever uh, my life got really crappy because, <laughs> I mean, you're working nonstop and just having to, to figure stuff out. So I got really involved in alcohol and yeah. uh, had to overcome some hurdles with that. But, you know, things happen and you live and learn. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, then um, what led me to photography, though, was actually that business because I'm sitting there going – I hired this company out of Pensacola to come over and take pictures of these houses that, yeah, they looked okay, but I was paying them so much money. I was like, I could do this, man. I've been shooting photography since I was like seven years old. Mm -hmm. um, so I convinced the company to buy, they already had a camera. I convinced them to buy a wide angle lens and a tripod. I was like, just give me a shot. And uh, so we were still hiring the people, but I would go back and shoot it again. And I'm like, you just tell me which one's better. And they actually like mine more. Yeah. And so then we exclusively went in-house on shooting all the real estate. And um, then some more things happened, and I just got fed up with the company because they weren't inclined to give me any more money, and I was working like crazy. Um, and it just wasn't worth it. So I said, all right, guys, here's my six months' notice. I'm going to teach you how to run your company because I know if I left today, you would, you would go under because you don't know how to do anything. And, um, yeah, and started – Shooting just photography. Went, just straight photography. Went straight for straight it. Way. Yeah, that was uh, three and a half years ago, and I haven't looked back since. Isn't that the best feeling ever? Man, it's it's awesome. <laughs> you know, like, uh, when, <clears throat> dude, when I went from bartending to doing what I'm doing full-time now, like, I remember, like, I was, like, just like you, man, I had recently graduated college, and I was on my way uh, to trying to figure out what exactly it was I want to do, and I figured it out, and then I just, dude, I went from five nights bartending to four nights bartending to three nights bartending, mm -hmm. and eventually you know, the scales tipped and I was like, I'm done. I don't have to do this anymore. Right. Um, but also, man, you gotta be really careful with that too. Just because like the first two years on my own, doing my own shit, like it, my hours were just unbelievable, dude. Yeah. Like it, it put a strain on everything, man. Like I wasn't seeing, like, I've got a great relationship with my family and my parents and all that. Like I wasn't seeing them. Uh, I lived with my, uh, girlfriend slash fiance now wife at the time. Mm -hmm. And like w there was no time for her yeah. and, and all that stuff, man. It was just brutal, you know? So I actually, <clears throat> like you have to take, you have to get like, you have to schedule time off. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, um, like even wa like watching TV and like football and shit, you know, like I will. Anything. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Dude, I, cause mine even came to, mine was a little bit different. Um, yeah, I had to bust the grind to try and find new clients. Mm. I already built up a little bit of clientele, but then all of a sudden it's like, we don't need any work for a few months. And you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs like, I didn't save up enough money before I quit working as a property manager like I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it all comes to and you're like, I'm not going to make any money for a few months. Yeah. And that's a huge eye opener whenever you're living in a house. Like, I've only got a dog. I don't have any, like, significant others or anything other than my, my folks. But I learned from them 
a long time ago. I'll tell you about this later, but my parents will never loan me any money. Mm-hmm. It's like against their whole policy as a parent. Like, I think my parents are the same way. God, and dude, if I really needed it, like if I was really, 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 really in a bind, like I mean, I think they probably would. But I mean, yeah, I don't think I've borrowed more than like sixty dollars from my parents since I was like seventeen or something. Right? Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, I used to borrow. My parents were very well off when I grew up. Mm-hmm. I was, I was spoiled, but. Yeah. Um, I used to borrow money from them and then things changed. Um, on my 18th birthday, my dad brought me to his bank that he was part owner in. He said, here's a Microsoft Excel sheet with every dollar you ever borrowed. Here's your interest rate <laughs> and your monthly payment, dude. Yeah. So, and it was cool. Dude, Cause like, gangster, right? hard. <laughs> that's so, hard. Um, so he did help me oh, learn to establish him, credit. You Holy know, shit. like it, it was cool. Like I hated it at the time. I was like, what did I do to deserve this? You can didn't you give me t- warning. Can you tell me how much money it was? It was like $239 a month. I had borrowed. No total. Oh, it was right around five total? grand. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not It wasn't so that bad. bad. But yeah. you know, at 18, you're like, I thought I was going to get like a cool gift or like, no dude. He's like slaps it down. Here's your monthly payment. Like, like, like here's your 5% share in the bank. (laughs) 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 You owe me money. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, that was a big eye opener, but yet it helped me establish credit at a very young age, which was cool. Um, so, and that actually led up to helping me with being able to start the business now, whenever I was what, 26 for doing photography. Cause then I could mm-hmm. go out and get all the gear that I needed to. Cause I mean, camera gear is really expensive. Oh, for sure. And that's where a lot of people, they don't understand the pricing whenever I quote them to go do a gig for them. They're like, you want how much to take pictures? And I'm like, do you realize I have like over 10 grand in equipment just in this bag that I'm going to mm-hmm. use for your little event. Yeah. And we can bring in more if we want to, but your price is going to go up. So that's been also another educational process of teaching people, but um, it's it's fun at the same time, like just learning how to wheel and deal with people to let them know, like, this is your true value. Or if yeah. not, you can go find someone else with a little I like how sheet. you use the term educating people rather than just calling people idiots, because it is true. <laughs> it is true. Just like when I'm yeah. discussing prices for a band um, or, or something, I tell them, they're like, that much? I'm like... That much? I'm like, okay, well, you're paying four individuals. Some of them have managers and booking agents, so you're paying yeah. five to six people. Uh, they're coming to play your event with thirty thousand dollars worth of sound equipment. Yeah, you know that. You know, yeah, that's that's pretty reasonable. Exactly. You know, yeah, and like you said, instead of just calling them an idiot yeah. or whatever, it's like you do have to educate people. Like, um, like how much money do you make a day? Right. You know. Okay. That's not even close to what these guys are making a day. So, you know, exactly. Let's yeah, work on this. this. The they, real. It's not that they're <laughs> stupid. They just don't know. So they need to be educated yeah. in a polite way. Yeah. Unless they're assholes. <laughs> you know? but. but see, that's been what's interesting too, is now I'm having to, well, not having to, but I'm branching out to go after these commercial clients in work. And, um, like shooting for anthropology, I did for Orvis for their actual buildings to showcase of what they have. Um, we did a Captain Morgan shoot recently. I did um, now here local restaurants for doing their food, food for menus and like drinks and so on. And whenever they're like, we just want two pictures. And then I quote them a price and they're like, I just said two pictures. And I'm like, well, you have to buy the copyright of these images unless you want to lease them from me. But then you're going to have to pay every year. And then they're sitting there looking at me like they're pictures. And I'm like who else is going to be able to use these? And if they want to use them, then then they have to come to you to rent them. Like another broken egg cafe. Mm-hmm. They have like 33 restaurant branches now, <clears throat> but there's actually the two owners. That's the dad or the, they're the brothers. 
And so one of them is here just locally and the other one's out there. But if he wants to use his images, then he has to then pay him for them if he buys the copyright from me. So there's all these things that go into it and they still look at you like, I only want two pictures though. And I'm like, well, that it costs this much. Yeah. And it, that's so hard to get through people's heads sometimes, but it, it just is what it is. I'm like, you know, do you know what they pay national geographic photographers for one picture and, and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, talking, you're just talking about the commercial industry. Yeah, really, you know? uh, but talking with them and learning on how to just do new contracts and mm-hmm. things to cover yourself. Yeah. Um, my very first commercial client I did, I lowballed it so much that still to this day I regret it because they still call me, but I'm under a five-year contract with them, and I still have to do photography work for, like, nothing. Yeah. And it's such a pain, but yet – I'm getting the exposure out of it, but yeah. I'm not getting paid squat. Yeah. It well, it helps grow your portfolio too. Yeah. You can send people there to see what, you know, what images you've done and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, but yeah, man, it's at the, uh, man, you're in a really good area for it too, though. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. why I started with real estate because yeah. with the rental programs around here, every two years they have to redo the house just because of wear and tear. And so literally like I've shot a couple houses already three times. Yeah. And it's just because they have to be redone. And so it's almost a residual income if you keep that client happy and they just keep calling you. So that, that's been a really good aspect of it. And then with all the events, I mean, I just did best of Emerald coast, uh, this last weekend for just one client, uh, Jessica profit yeah. shout out. She's awesome. And I want to get, I, th- I want to get her on here. I think she'd be a really good guest to have on here. Man, she's incredible. Dude, she, um, she has done huge. unbelievable like I dude, when she first uh, when she first started, she hired me to come in and do some writing for her, and she was like in an office this size, yeah, you know, kind of whatever. And now she's got like, dude, I know, went to her studio or I would call yeah. her office yeah. over in uh, the market shops, and yeah. it is amazing. It's you walk in there, yeah, and it's not only clean, it's so fresh looking. But like, she's got her three assistants over on the side, and mm. then she's got her massive room that she works out of. But just the wealth and knowledge and the hustle that girl has yeah. is insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a ple- that was my first time working with her, um, and it was an absolute pleasure. Mm. And um, so yeah, like that. And then we have the events coming up next uh, next weekend uh, for the wine festivals, and those are always fun. I've done them for the last three years with Steve Mangum with STM yeah, Photography. Yeah. He's yep. my he's my partner, um, and we go and document the days like each day, and we'll do video and photography for those events. And with Destin Charity Wine Auction Foundation, they are the coolest people to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are they raising money, like they did what? $2.63 million last year in one day. Yeah. Continuous, continuous played a couple of their events. We've, we've done the wine event. I think you were there. I think I talked to you there. Yeah. Yeah. We did in the big banquet the, room. Yeah. At the Hilton. Yeah. That's the, um, the silent auction day yeah. where they go and they just have all these ridiculous bottles of wine that they auction yeah. off and art pieces and, yeah, that was I was, cool I was looking at some of the prices on these things. Like, who are these people, dude? Like, and a lot of them yeah. live here. Yeah. A lot like of them insane, live here. Um, insane money. Like, like the, for for the audience out there, like uh, for instance, they'll come in and on one bottle of wine, like a Magnum, uh, let's call it just Opus or something, they'll spend upwards of like two to five thousand dollars on one bottle of wine, no problem. Yeah. Um, so in the big booth on. Um, the day where they did $2.63 million in the mm-hmm. one afternoon, I think it's like five hours there. They have this huge air conditioned tent where they um, have all the tables set up and it's an auction style. There's an auctioneer up top 
and the the vintners will come up on stage and they'll present on what they're auctioning off. So they'll fly them out in a private jet to their winery and they'll do like a couple days there and just kind of wine and dine them a little bit. But these people will drop like a hundred grand or 250 grand. And I mean, there's people everywhere raising up their paddles, just saying, you know, give me to take my money. And then they just get flown out to drink some wine. Like, Man, I wonder if the Destin <laughs> Charity Wine Auction would want to be a six-pack sponsor. <laughs> right? Of the WIMT podcast. Heck yeah. This, this, <laughs> this episode and the next 100 are brought to you by right? <laughs> the Destin Charity Wine Auction. What is what is that charity though? That that money better be going. Somewhere. Well, no, there, there's a bunch. There's like 13 different ones. Yeah. Um, there's Boys and Girls Club. There's uh, it, it's all for kids. Okay. Every single charity is for kids. And um, I looked into it a little bit to see like, are these dollars actually going to them? So now for the last two years, I've done the check presentations for those charities. At um, the last two years was at uh, Watercolor at the the Bay House, I think is what they call it. And they'll literally flip over a check for one charity for like 500 grand. Yeah. So these people's lives get changed and that's their, that's their like money to go off of for the year yeah. if they don't have any more income. Um, so that leads to better facilities, more school books and, you know, just help in general. So I, you know, I was like, okay, kudos. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, with, awesome. with that amount of money, you know, many people, and if someone is going to put that, that kind of money on there, they're going to know. Yeah. You know, they're going to know what, what it's going to. And the cool thing about that is, though, is uh, those people who are giving all that money can write it all off to exactly. going to charity. Yeah. So they have to, like, a lot of these people have to give away. Yeah, like, so that way they're not paying so much in taxes. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, where do you want to go? Like, do you want, what do you want to do? Let's go to a vineyard. Okay, let's go to this charity wine auction right. and spend this money or at least get a trip out of it. And go for free. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Cause like, yeah, let's yeah, get a deductible trip. Yeah. So it makes sense for those people, man, for sure. Um, that's just like with Bojams, man. A lot of people yeah. will just write big checks for it and be like, here you go, dude. Yeah. You know? So speaking of dude, right that was a really charity. cool event you did. Uh, that was fun coming out last year. Oh, thanks man. It's, yeah, it's, it was we do blast. it every year, man. It's, it's a good time yeah. you know? for, for a lot of people. It's a good time. Right. You know, yeah. so it's a little, it's a little chaotic on my side, but it's, it's fun, man. I'm glad it's turned into what it has, you know, it's kind of taken on a lot of its own. And, uh, but this year, this year is going to be a good, a good. It's going to be a fun year this year. Cool, like, I'm Heck really yeah. excited. I'm like the headliners are really good friends of mine, man. So I'm excited to get them out, get them do, out to Destin. And do you have dates on uh, that yet? Yeah, man. It's going to be the last Sunday in March. It's uh, okay. uh March 25th. Cool. Which is also Cole Austin's birthday. By hmm. what episode number like seven guest or something seven. like that? Eight, something like that. Yeah. Anyways, it's his birthday that day. Cool. So, uh, yeah, man. If you want to come out, let me know, dude. Absolutely. So it'll be fun, man, for sure. Um, well, we were talking. You're going to be a little more chill this year, right? Isn't yeah, yeah. We're um, we're switching up. I have well, before it was all all of it was for planning piece, but um, the owner of Beauchamp's came in. He was like, "Hey, let's switch up the charity this year." You know, I think that money could be better used, you know, elsewhere. Um, and you know, even though that wasn't uh, exactly how I wanted to see it go, I, re- yeah. I mean, my hands are tied, and I'm not going to fight it. I still love doing the event. I, I work a lot with Beauchamp's. And uh, and I know the new charity that's going to too, so I'm I'm totally okay with it. You know, even though that wouldn't be my choice, I'm cool yeah. with it. But uh, also, like I had like between my wife and I, we pretty much had to do uh, everything on the festival side, like Dude, all of the uh, yeah, like all of the uh, the silent auction stuff, mm-hmm. um, the ticket booth, the security, like all of that stuff. I'm constantly having to go through all day and just check on it, make sure everyone's doing stuff. Yeah. So, but this year I've got like you know since it's going to be a new charity, they're going to have to be more present there. Sure. Um, I don't want to touch any of their money. 
Because okay. before I was pretty much collecting all the money on behalf of, of planting peace and then giving just basically going and putting it in their bank account cool. after the show. So this one I don't want to be involved in any of that. Like they can set up their own money taking thing, they can set up their own silent auction. I'll give them all my contacts of all the people like, you know, I'll probably still get like the boat board for them and stuff like that. Dude, um, did someone so. steal that last year? No. Oh, I thought I no, read, we, or no. maybe that was the, the I, I read somewhere that um, it might have been the beer festival. It was a beer festival. Someone stole the boat paddle board that like someone else won. Like they wow. literally just walked out of the yeah. event with it. It was a, it was a chance My bad. I thought, I, yeah. sorry for crossing that over. No, that's no, okay. that was you, but was, I was like, what? Was, yeah, it was a chance festival like three, four years ago. Oh, and uh, just walked oh, did out. Did they get caught? No. Did they were catching no. no. Some, some, apparently some dude just threw it on his fucking truck and bounced. Damn, what a guy, right? Right. <laughs> that that dude, that's the low, man. that's the lowest of the low, man. That's really terrible. But uh but no, man, so it'll be it'll be a good time, man. And this year I should be able just to handle like what I do, more of cool. the artists and yeah. the, the you know, handle the all the all the people that I booked, brought them in and just kind of a little more chill time for me, so I should be able to enjoy it a little more. Nice. But the man, the only problem with bow jams is though, uh like you're on your feet and I think like I think I counted like I went up and down those stairs over a hundred times or something like that. Like I think I walked like yeah, uh, like twelve point two miles <clears throat> just in the day, just just con- 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 like just being around everywhere. Just because yeah. once you're done with one thing, you're on to the next, you're on to the next, you're on to the next. And I don't really have the chance to eat all day, really. Like yep. I'll eat like three or four like crawfish tails, and like that'll be so like so dude <laughs> crawfish like, yeah. So like Nothing. by the time <laughs> like by the time like eight thirty or nine o'clock rolls around, like I'll have a drink or two. And I'll go from like being just fine, like to three or four drinks blackout. Yeah, you're like, yeah. what just happened? Because you're so like, dehydrated oh, yeah. too. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, um, I remember that too. Everybody was asking me like, Trey, why are you sweating so much? And it was because I was running around taking pictures. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, there's so many steps here. It's like, yeah. how do you not? <laughs> yeah. And it's in March, so and it could either be freezing cold or yeah. it can be hot. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> dude, at the end of the year, like at the end of the summer, like if you go to Beauchamp's on like. Uh, like on a Friday night or something, and you're sitting out there on the like one of the lower tables on the deck, and you get a server. I guarantee your server is in great shape because like the whole season they've just been going up and down those up stairs down. several hundred times a night. Like it's it's ridiculous, right? right? Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I'm st- I'm stoked. I'm ready to, ready to have that one that one go on. So, but uh, so so what's next, man? What's what's next on the thing for you aside from the wine fest and everything, dude? <sighs> Just growing. Um, I did hire on an assistant at the beginning of this past season because growth got a little little big. Um, I had one company in particular. They uh, had me shoot 33 houses for them in the month of June. Yeah. And I also was still working with other companies. And so I was like, how am I going to get all this going? Um, So I'm slowly trying to grow but not get like – I don't want to – yeah, I don't want to get overwhelmed. And, you know, being in the photography business – like people have always asked me, why don't you just hire an editor or something along those lines? I'm like, it's not at all the same. That's where the artist of a photographer comes out. You can only try and teach someone so much, but it's still your, your piece. Like, you know, you can't duplicate that. Um, so really I'm trying to move more into the commercial realm and doing the, the bigger things where I'm not having to work quite as much, you know, and getting the quality over the quantity. Mm -hmm. And, um, just going doing that route. Yeah. Um, basically better gigs. Yeah. You know, um, well, and my partner, Steve, he's already on the route of it, but he's been doing this for 13 years. So mm-hmm. he's got a little bit more years yeah. on me. Um, uh, but he's been traveling all year to New Zealand, Japan. Um, 
he just went up north somewhere, but he's doing uh, work for hunting shows where they're actually filming and documenting the the actual hunt itself and then their gear that they're using that they actually make. Oh, wow. Who's he working with? I, I'd have know, to look at it. I can't remember names? the name of the company because uh, it's something new that's out there, but it's it's badass. Yeah. Like, um, God, he showed me this this video the other day. Um, he uses, and I'm going to butcher this up big time, uh, something, Swaska Crystal, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a scope that they use to just spot the animal before they get the gun up. Yeah. He converted it to where he puts his camera on there. So he's got like a 1,200 millimeter lens, essentially. Jeez. And um, he did a slow motion of when they shot an elk at like 240 frames per second where you actually see the bullet intrude and then the blood come out. Wow. It's a little graphic, but yeah. it's like, wow, you know? Yeah. Um, and then just doing all their product stuff. So I don't know if I want to get into the actual gun side of things, but I love doing product photography and yeah. I love being outside. So man, did Steve ever hunt? Was he, he he's yeah, and he's got an arsenal okay. right now. Because I was gonna say like, I feel like you're, the photographer has to know what's going on too, because they could probably mess up the hunt absolutely pretty easily. Yeah, like, just by making too much noise. Uh, yeah, Steve, and, would you shut the hell up? <laughs> <laughs> Over there eating a candy bar or something. I told you I didn't want the photographer out here. You know? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's great. Um, So, yeah, I think that's where my next step is, is to just try and uh, venture out and get out of my comfort level. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like too many people, us as humans, we get comfortable and then that's where you start to fail. I feel like whenever you're uncomfortable and you're really trying to do something different, stepping out of your box is when you're only going to either excel or burn miserably. But, you know, I'd much rather try to try to excel and burn a couple times than to to learn. Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, that's that's how it all works. I mean, that's how just like you tried four or five different things before you finally found what you were supposed to be doing. Dude, I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, dude, I tried to work for a computer business one time. Okay. Like repairing computers and shit. And I was like, I hate this. Yeah. You know, this is the worst, this is the worst thing ever, you know, but, uh, I learned a lot from it. I learned a lot about managing a business and all that kind of stuff, you know? Cool. Um, so that, yeah, man, that's rad. And also I'd like to go back to, uh, man, I need to introduce you to Sean Murphy. Do you know Sean Murphy? I know the name, uh, but I don't know if we've ever actually formally met. Yeah. Uh, man, he was a guest on like number six for us. Number five or six, we had him on here, dude. Um, and he's he's unbelievable. But anyway, to reference him, I've referenced him a couple times. And you were talking about you don't get, you know, you got to step out of your comfort zone to get what you want. And like, mm-hmm. dude, he said it, and he put it the best way ever, only the way Sean Murphy could. He's like, he's like, man, you're not getting any cool shit being a pussy. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's right. I love that's it. exactly right. <laughs> that's great. Like you aren't, you aren't gonna do, you aren't gonna do anything amazing in your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, wow. like you, like you have to reach out beyond that stuff, man. Like just. Uh, man, personally, like one of the one of the artists that I'm working with right now, man, we've got some pretty cool stuff going on. We're talking to some some people that are doing some pretty, you know, people that we need to be talking to and all that yeah. that are interested in the band. Um, and it's been going on for a couple months now, but like at first I was kind of standoffish about it and like, man, how am I going to do this? Like I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I pretty much have just been winging all this shit the whole time and it's been working. Uh, but then when I'm actually talking to these people who are doing shit at a really high level, like I don't want my inexperience to show. I don't want yeah. all that. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm just going to go for just it. Go I'm going to talk it. to these people. Like I talk to anybody else Yeah. and hopefully they dig what do I have to say. And, and, and so far it's worked, man. Yeah. You know? they'll, they'll respect you more for that. Cause I've learned it too. Like even just learning all the lingo of mm-hmm. everything of just the, correct things to say like yeah. whenever I first started I was like what's Boca what's B-roll what's the yeah. green room like I didn't know any of that mm-hmm. stuff and then they'll ask you questions on it, you're just nodding your head yeah. and people can <laughs> tell and people can tell when you're full of shit too. oh absolutely yeah you know? but 
That's cool. Right. That, I mean, like you said, you got to step out. You got to yeah. go for it. Because if not, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. We'd still be in the yeah. restaurant business. Yeah, yeah, we'd be. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, yeah, I'm um, still in the restaurant business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> nothing wrong with the road. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, but you're also, man. You were, uh, you were, you were featured in a magazine. You, uh, uh, well, I'm not you're up tables. for, uh, you're up Good. for an award uh, as best bartender, right? For that's best of the thing. Emerald Coast. That's cool. You know what Holler. I'm saying? Like. You're you're producing this podcast. You're doing other shit, dude. You know? <laughs> Come on, thanks, dude. Don't short yourself. <laughs> uh, I was saying, don't talk shit about the industry, baby. Hey, I'm not. No one did. I just said I just couldn't. I, man, you'll never hear me talk bad about anybody serving tables or doing that shit. Right. Like a lot of people, a lot of people, are like man, I gotta. I mean, you'll find your time. I mean, it, it's great for what it is. Like if for some reason I lost a couple of my clients tomorrow, shit, I'd probably just have to go, go bartend part bar, yeah. time for a couple hours. I'd, I'd fucking hate it. It'd be really hard to do, but I mean, everyone has their time, man. And if you can do it, and you still and you still dig doing it, man, who cares what anyone else has to say? And you know? and no, nothing to bash on any. I'm right there with you. I, I mean, if I had to, I would go right back. But the greatest thing about even working in a restaurant is that you just show up, you do your job, and you leave. You're exactly right. There's nothing at the else end of the night. You're done. It. You're done. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. a lot of my friends even ask me, and I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this on here, but like even smoking pot and stuff yeah. like that, I can't even do it anymore. Yeah. Because I mean, I used to smoke all day, and then I started doing photography or other professional businesses. Not saying the restaurant business isn't, but um, I'd get a phone call from a client. And I'd be dumb. I'd be yeah. like, Oh my god, what am I saying? And just being back in that whole restaurant realm where you can go to the beach before you go to work yeah. or you can go do whatever. And then once you clock out for the end of the day, you're done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I still love having all the responsibilities of being a small business owner, but like doing your own fucking taxes, man, screw that stuff. Yeah. I, I hate it. It's tough, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's all learning. It's well, all, all learning. of it, all of it is tough because you're your own limitation. Yeah. So like if, if I want to sit here from seven in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, and I mean, you re it's a balancing act, yeah. you know, I, I need to make sure I maintain relationships, not just with my family, but with, uh, with clients and stuff like that, you know? So it's, it's really, you, I mean, your job's never done. Yeah. And when what you, you put own, in, you yep, get out. Yeah. Yep. When you own your own business, you never like, that's it. All the work's done. <laughs> right. No. You know, and, and it, it really makes taking time off tough. Yeah. You know, like even if it's just to go somewhere for a day or two, mm -hmm. like you're still, you're married to your phone, dude. Like that thing. You know, you miss an email, you miss a text message or something. You're like, I'll get it tomorrow. Nope. Nah, man, because someone else will. Yep. You know, um, so that that mm. is the tough. That's the hardest part about it is learning how to turn it off. Um, but also, you kind of have to turn it off in a product in a productive way. Agreed. Like, there's yeah. no there's no complete off. Like this thing never gets powered off. Right. You know, and yeah. it's unfortunate, but um, it's part of it, man. You can go as hard as you want, or you can, you know. Exactly. Yep. Because there's always going to be someone else who's ready to work harder. Than there's you, always someone so, out there that's hungrier. Yeah. Someone's always going to be pushing yeah. it harder because they're either new or in it or they already know it, that they got to go get it. Yeah. Um, especially if you're good at what you do, someone else that's trying to get there, mm -hmm. they're going to push twice as hard. Mm -hmm. So, well, especially in the music business, man, people think, uh, people think it's so glamorous and it's so, you know, yeah, I'm going to get to go to all these festivals and I'm going to get to go to all these <laughs> cool concerts and I'm going to be able to. No, man. No. No, I mean, you get to go to those things, but you aren't watching that shit. Yeah. You know, like, even when I go to concerts now that I'm not affiliated with at all, I still go see live music every now and then. But even when I'm seeing that, 
like that band, like I'm looking around at like, you know, <laughs> he does. That's like, yeah, I'm doing numbers. numbers. Like, like, can we just watch this fucking band? Be yeah. right? Dude, how much you think that setup's cost? Dude, I'm yeah. like, with you though. I'm like I'm looking at the way. production. I'm looking at the videos. I'm looking at how many people are on the soundboard. Yeah. I'm looking out. I'm like, man, they probably played this amount for this band. How are they making money? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, oh, it's, dude, Cause that. it's such a, and th- dude, there's been times where there's been some shows and I've, be, I've been at and I'm like, I have to leave. Like why? I'm like, because whoever put this together is losing their ass, <laughs> right? right now. And driving me crazy. Like they're like they done, and I can't enjoy this. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to talk to this guy because I'm not gonna be able to hide the look on my face. I'm so you glad know? there's someone else in this world that's just like me on that. Because yeah. dude, it's it's painful sometimes, mm-hmm. and like like you said, you'll try and analyze and see how much not only they're getting paid, but or how much they spent, and then you're wondering either how they did it. Or they get booked for a gig and you're like, dude, mine would have been way better. Or yeah. I mean, you can't judge on anything like that, but it's just, it's, it's funny how my friends have said the same thing to me. Like, dude, can we just try and enjoy this show without you mummering over something? Cause it's pointless at this point. Oh, it really is. <laughs> it really is. You got to learn to turn that off. Too, yep. though, man. Um, huh. for sure. For sure. Matt, have you, uh, do you do any video type stuff? Yeah. Uh, I stuff? do not edit at all though. Yeah. Uh, that has not been in my my realm yet, but I do shoot a lot of video for Steve mostly. Yeah. Um, and I just literally hand him over the clips and he puts it all together. He yeah. does his magic. Um, I really enjoy doing video, but um, the edit time again on it is double of what it for is sure. for photo. For sure. Um, but there's something really magical about envisioning something in your mind of what you want to produce for a video. And then being able to put it together. Yeah. That's like the greatest feeling to me. Um, Photography is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've always been into art. We used to have an art class together. And um, I was terrible at putting it down on canvas. And I was always really interested into realism and trying to get it as perfect as possible. And that's when I was like, well, photography is going to be my my uh, my go-to. Mm. Um, so video has just become that of photography for me, making that image move. Yeah. And, it's fun, but man, the editing, I just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's several days, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we worked on a couple projects that took us a couple weeks. Um, but it's because the company that we were contracted through wanted some serious production value in it and learning on how to do your frame rate for different aspects of video is one of the hardest things is when, well, once you get it, you understand it, but I want to give you a for instance, like if we're sitting in a car and I'm filming out the window and we're going by, and if you want to be able to see certain things, you have to shoot in a higher frame frame rate than if I was just filming us here in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, like your cinematic standard from where it all started, uh, once we got out of the black and white era, it came to 24 frames per second. And that's that buttery, smooth look. Um, but whenever you want to slow anything down, you have to obviously raise up that, that frame rate to make it where you don't get such choppy looking footage. Mm-hmm. So you'll see so many of these people flying their drones around out here. And then whenever they piece it together, it looks jittery yeah, rather than like a smooth helicopter, buttery BBC planet earth thing, you know? Um, so there's a lot of things you have to learn quickly in that business to get far in it. But once you figure it out, man, it's a, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And man, and that, man, I think, I feel like there's, I feel like that's lacking in this area. I feel like there's so much potential. Like that's a niche that I don't think is conquered in this area. Absolutely. Like just like on the dude on the real estate side, even some of these businesses, mm-hmm. like all that dude, every commercial I see on TV sucks. They're terrible. Any local commercial that I've seen is the shittiest thing I've ever seen. Man. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm like, who, okay, how much are they paying these guys? 
and like there's a niche there, man. Man. So like, someone's got to attack that. I did a you know? show for Addictive Fishing Television. Uh-huh. It's a YouTube channel. They've got uh, close to a million subscribers now. We did a show back, um, it was last October of this past year, and we went out in the Gulf of Mexico, and I filmed this captain catching redfish and, like, other things. And um, just seeing on how they had their production crew, and I was the the photography shooter. I wasn't doing any film and they were using these old school cameras and mm-hmm. they're paying them buku dollars. I'm like, dude, I can do this with a DSLR yeah. or a yeah. mirrorless Sony camera. That's a quarter of the cost of that. You can put more money in my pocket cause it's going to look better, mm-hmm. but you don't have this dude with a jumbo rig on a shoulder, you know, trying to get some footage where he's at the front of the boat because he's at widest 24 millimeter. And yeah. it's like, this is garbage. Um, but I agree with you, man. There, I think there is a serious, um, market for here there's a big need for it but the problem is is so many people don't want to pay yeah um i get so often with realtors even going back to photography side of it where they want me to shoot a five thousand square foot house that they've got a you know million and a quarter listing price on it and i'll quote them let's just say 800 bucks and they're like 800 dollars. i'm like do you know what your commission is going to be on that let's just say it's two and a half percent because you have to split it a lot of times with your broker you know, what's what's two and a half percent of two point or one point two five? Let's see. Well, I'm sure you see these like shitty commercials, you know, because I mean, how much thirty one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> and you're balking at me for eight hundred bucks. Yeah. I, well, how, how much? Because you're paying you're paying like Cox Cable. That's who you're you know what I mean? You're, you're paying for the TV spot. Right of when it's going to be aired, and then, yeah, a yeah. lot of times with video. So, yeah. so that you know, well, yeah, so with video, so <coughs> however much that is, the production values is, you're not going to have that much money to spend, you know, say on that commercial. And yeah. You're not going to have a good writer. You're not yeah. going to have yeah. you know producer, uh, producer, you know, cinematographer. You're not going to have all this shit like a fucking Gap commercial. Or yeah. Right. You know, well, audio alone, you. dude. You know, to get anything solid on audio. I mean, depending on how your whole setup is, if you've got a lav mic on, if you've got a, just a, a mic on top of the camera or a shotgun mic, you know, your basic package on that's like 200 bucks from road. And then you go up to like 10 grand even. You can get that high depending on how many people are talking. No one around here is going to want to spend that. Mm-hmm. And if I do as the videographer to produce your, your actual commercial, if I don't have a whole slew of clients... If I go to quote them a price, they're going to laugh me out the door. Yeah. Um, and plus nowadays, look at where TV's going. I mean, I don't have cable. I have not had cable for the last like five years. Now, if I even want to watch something, I pull up Hulu Live and I watch it on my phone or I stream it up to my TV yeah. or YouTube or Netflix. I mean, commercials now are almost going backwards and reversing, going back to the radio because how many people are watching TV where there aren't any commercials? Mm-hmm. So that's been another big hurdle that this whole industry is having to look at is that where's the next projection? Like where, yeah. where's it going? Um, because it's hard to know or even forecast. Have, uh, have you ever asked anyone when they, uh, when they, uh, when you quote them a price, have you ever asked anyone, I'll tell you what, what do you want to pay for it? Yeah. I used to have be, you? Yeah, that used to be one and of then my do favorite you, negotiations. Do you, do you send them over to people who do shitty work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I do that Absolutely, too. <laughs> dude. It's, it's a pull. It's a pull like, I'll tell you, what are you willing to pay? Yeah. And they'll tell me. I'll be like, these are the people you need to call. Yeah. Here's some of their videos. And they'll help you out. <laughs> but this is the quality here's, you're going to get. Here's some of their videos. <laughs> <laughs> dude, 
it sucks to be the people that have like the, the videos I'm sending. I'm like, I feel bad for those people, but like, you have to make an example sometimes. Yeah. It's like, you know, so it's, it's that old stupid saying, you get what you pay for, man. It's a hundred percent true. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> what would you like to pay? Well, I was thinking this. Okay, well, this uh, is who you need to talk to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want free? I got a guy for that, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Exposure. Yeah. Isn't that, dude, isn't that the best word ever? Oh, man. Exposure. Dude. dude, I've had people try to book bands for weddings and be like, there's going to be like 300 people at the wedding, so that could be great exposure for your band. I'm like, like expose this dick. That's like, comical, seriously, dude. Fuck like, you. Yeah. 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 There's no way. I've got that. No I'll, I'll tag you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You'll tag me on yeah. Facebook. Dude, when people... When people start, when people use the exposure word with me, I'll just tell them immediately, please we're don't say that fit. word. We're not a good fit. Yeah, that's not what we're trying to do. <laughs> like, we, we're, ex- we're exposed. <laughs> right? <you know? laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're exposed, which is why you're contacting me. Exactly. Our exposure is at a level that you heard about us already. <laughs> so, and isn't that the greatest film, too? <laughs> you, know? you called me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But man, I gotta say that is the greatest feeling. Like yeah. I've never done any advertising. I don't even have business cards. Yeah. I don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. But that feeling when people call you to inquire, it's yeah. like, I got gotcha. yeah. you. Yeah, know? <laughs> you're yeah, mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Uh, what do you mean you don't believe in business cards? I don't believe in them. I think they're old school. Why my bi- I, my business card's sexy as fuck? Well, dude, let me let me put this to you. If I am at an event or if I'm out and about, and you know there's probably you alcohol American involved. Psycho this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but if I give you my business card. What's the likelihood that you're going to take this out of your pocket at a later time and actually look at it and go, I got to call this dude, but wait a minute, who is he? So my whole thing is let's exchange information and I'm going to take the incentive to get your information and follow up with you. Yeah. You got to do that too. I I, I feel like you can do it both ways. Yeah. I mean, a business card is great. It's a good way to show off your personality and like who you are. Um, Like, dude, this is pretty dope. Like I would know exactly what it is you do just based off of your business card. But I see so often where it's just a plain white one with their name and their email on it. And I'm like, I don't remember who the fuck this person is. Yeah. I just met like a thousand people yeah. last night. How do exactly. you? So well, that so whole exchange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's what I did. <laughs> not, not trying to take away from Shane's card, but I actually put him onto those yeah, totally with that thick, me. with the colored sides on the yeah. thick one. Like I handed him mine. And I was like, just feel it. Like when you pick it up and feel it, like you remember and you that. You can barely bend it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that's... you remember that. You could open your fucking locked door with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for like, really? oh, I gotta get back in my house. <laughs> you know, shit, this business card could be back in my house. Thanks, that's Shane. Good, dude. <laughs> yeah. well, and you kept it clean, too. I mean, it, it doesn't get any easier and simple than yeah. that. So many people. I've seen some crazy. I've seen ones that the realtors have done where they actually did the house. So it was carved in the shape yeah. of the exterior of the house. And I'm like, that's a good way to remember what home you were looking at mm-hmm. and who was trying to sell it. But yeah, so, the, okay, I take it back. I, I do <laughs> kind of believe in business cards. I just feel that they're not for me because I like following up with people. Man I, man, I was talking to a real estate person the other day and he was telling me like, He's like, if you make, if you can make a hundred, if you can clear 150 K profit for yourself in a year doing real estate, like you got to count on at least like half of that going back to marketing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was just like, wow, I can't imagine like having a marketing budget that, that size, but it's just so competitive, especially here, dude. It's so competitive. The struggle is fierce. So like I said, my, well, my dad's now a commercial real estate broker. He's, He's on a completely different realm of what realtors are. Um, but I've looked through some of – he still has them. He used to design actual books that you would flip through as a sell to just a lot in a neighborhood. But, I mean, he put together 
thousands upon thousands of dollars just for books for one project. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I mean, it really does give that big wow factor. And if you're able to do more and more and more, then of course your, your income goes up and up and up. There's, there's gotta be a little give and take, but that's tough, man. Like yeah. I couldn't imagine even myself spending marketing dollars on anything because I don't think it's really needed here in our yeah. area. Um, yeah. Our work performs for itself, just like your band does. I mean, mm-hmm you hear continuum you're like i want to go see them again where yeah. are they playing at so yeah man well cool dude i think uh we're about an hour man so i think we'll probably call it dude but thanks for coming cool, on man. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me it's there, been great is there anything else you want people to know about um Any, anyone you want to give a shout out to one big one uh this is completely random but mcguire sushi <laughs> I'm, I'm team dude I'm team mcguire it is amazing so uh we've been going over there religiously lately and yeah. they have made the experience better than any it reminds me of the old sakura yeah. You know? yeah i mean going to that place you felt like you were at home i want to get the anthony new on here too man yeah anthony's great he's dude, one of my favorite he, people dude he's our boy man yeah. um dude i still haven't been over there what dude, it's good it's Best really sushi good. in town. I used Hands to drive. Down. I used to drive twenty minutes away for sushi because there was a specific place that we go to. Okay, um, and I haven't been there in a really long time because because right. we, we, <laughs> we just go to McGuire's now, dude. And not I, only that, there's their uh, sake selection there. They have cold, unfiltered, organic sakes like just the the bee's knees. Yeah, that's um, good. But other than that, yeah, just uh, I'd like to give a shout out to everybody that's helped me along the way. It's been a struggle. It's been great. Yeah. It's been up, down, all over the place. Um, you know. Did you ever pay your uh, dad back? Yeah, the money that I had he to, set you dude. up on the yeah, I had to. <laughs> did, he, did he make you set up like a direct withdrawal once a month? Like it wasn't that. that. No, it wasn't that because it was his bank. He would just take it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, he's like, you can't pay me, dude. I wonder if there was ever like a time where he went and looked and he's like, I shouldn't do this right now. Like, uh, like, no. like old Trey and sitting so fat. He didn't do this. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a fifty dollar uh, uh, right uh, uh, overdraft, uh, fee. overdraft fee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but dude, my, my parents are the best. They they've been a huge blessing to me, and you know I couldn't see myself being where I'm at now if it wasn't for them. Just because of the surroundings, you know, they say you become the three people you surround yourself with. Yeah. And I spend more time with my family than I do with anybody just for not only because they're my family, but learning and and everything. It's been great. Um, I mean, I think that's really important to, to, you know, to have a really good relationship with your family. It is. Uh, like I'm, I'm different than my dad in a lot of ways. I just found out he sent me a text a couple days ago. He's like, when are you going to invite me on Wimpty? (laughs) I didn't even know. I didn't even know he was listening and shit. And I was like, dude, come on whenever you want. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's like, if you can make it 10 episodes without saying the F word, I'll come on. So I need to, I need to try to do that. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. But no, that's really important, man. That's good. I'm glad yeah. to hear you have a good relationship with them and everything. Yeah. Man. Shout out to parents. Right. Parents oh, my sister, best, my dude. sister's having a baby, dude. What? <sighs> yeah. She's having a little boy. Do I know your sister? Uh, Ashley was Cole. Now it's banger. Okay. Um, Dude, that's a whole nother talk. Uh, they, <laughs> they 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 just missed Irma. They were living down in the BVI, mm-hmm. and uh, they made it back in time before that whole storm hit. And their island is gone now. Yeah, completely gone. Jeez, um, where were they living? It was Which off one? of uh, Beef Island. It was uh-huh. they, they had their own little island. It was called Bella McKee, yeah. and uh, it, they had a restaurant on there. It was an acre large island, and the whole restaurant's gone now. Jesus, that yeah. sucks. Gone. But 
Yeah, so shout out to my sister, yeah. a little little baby Cole. I can't wait. Uh, another than that, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, right on, man. Thanks for coming on. It's my sister's birthday today too. Oh, so happy birthday, October twenty fifth. Happy Ooh. birthday, Kristen. I'm sure she doesn't listen to this, but if you are listening, <laughs> birthday, we didn't forget about you either. But uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Had a good time, man. Sorry about the lights. <laughs> made it in- made it interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. All right, later, bye. dude. Peace.